Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
All right, today's guest is Damon Johnson. Guys, I want you to all go support Damon on Indigo Go. And we're going to have that link through the show notes. Support what he's doing. This guy puts out so much great music. We're going we're gonna to hear some of it in a minute. Um, right there, by the way, some, some classic Alice Cooper, who Damon has played with. Damon, of course, not playing on that record. But uh, go to hell, man. God, I love that tune. Just classic stuff. We're going to hear some more Alice Cooper later. And again, Damon didn't play on that. I just, I just love that song. I wanted to play it. So anyways, here we go. Uh, let's support my man, Damon Johnson, on Indigo Go. Anyone who does that, just let me know. Be like, hey, I supported Damon on, uh, on, his, on his pledge on Indigo Go, which again, we'll have a link through TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net in the show, show notes. Just let me know, and that will allow you to buy a Talking Metal face mask for only $5, which is... Uh, less than cost for me, but I do just want to really support Damon with this. And again, show me proof that you are supporting Damon and uh, then just hit my PayPal up with $5. I will send you a talking metal mask, high quality stuff, uh, special offer. They're normally $18, the talking metal masks, which you're welcome to buy one that way too. If you don't want to support Damon, or, or you just rather give the money to me. That's cool. Uh, Talking Metal Masks, $18. It's a limited supply. I'm not doing another run after this. So once the, the ones I have are gone, they're gone. So Talking Metal Masks. And of course, I do recommend wearing masks when you're out in public, especially like in indoors and, and shit like that. We got to stay safe, right, guys? So, because we need our concerts back. So anyways, let's do this. This comes from the live stream. We did a, a Talking Metal live stream. We do them on Facebook. Of course, we were having issues with the Facebook connection the particular night Damon was on with us. So what you'll hear is just a little setup by John Ostrowski, uh, a.k.a. Astronomy, and myself. John, of course, manages Ace Fraley and writes music with Ace and writes books with Ace and all sorts of stuff tour manages with ace so you'll hear a little intro from us on the live stream and then damon joins us shortly after that all right so to get into the the interview with damon let's go back to the 2016 damon johnson ep which i just loved this ep it was called echo if you don't have it do yourself a favor go buy it immediately this is the song nobody using off the echo ep from 2016 by damon johnson
trying to stream live on Facebook, having a little a little difficulty with that, but we are streaming live on Zoom, and this will be repackaged, of course, for YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Talking Metal. So that is that is great, and we are getting a few people joining us, it looks like. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know, attendees. There we go. Kyle and, and Rob, thanks for watching, guys. Cool. So, John, you are still settling into the new place. How, how is that going? Uh, wow, this is week number three of settling in. And the two weeks ago when the show didn't happen, when I had the wrestlers here, Andrew, uh, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson and Tim, uh, we were supposed to, that was supposed that to was be- That was two weeks ago. Yeah, that was two weeks yeah. ago. So I started a week on my own. Then two weeks ago, we had the, uh, Andrew here, we were supposed to be fully moved in by that date, but believe it or not, I had so much stuff that it took me two additional weeks to get this going. How crazy is that? Yeah, well, um, moving is always uh, a big pain in the butt. I haven't, I've lived in this house longer than I lived anywhere in my life by by far. I mean, up and up until this point, I only spent I spent seven years at one house, but I've been here since two thousand seven. So. Wow, what, like thirteen yeah, years. Thirteen or years. Yeah. So yeah, you moved into that house at the same time I moved into my apartment that I just left. Right on, right on. That's yeah, it's a long time. But anyways, let's talk about who we have joining us, and he Damon. is coming on right now. He's coming on Mr. right now. Mr. Damon, Damon Johnson is connecting to audio, and we'll wait until he's uh, all logged in with us here and. Hey. and Damon, how are you? Damon. <laughs> it's working. Yes. How you doing, Damon? Look at you guys. Look at you, man. You're looking good. And uh, we wanted to definitely talk to you because we've been connecting with so many of our favorite uh, rockers here on Talking Metal, the video version of this, which goes to YouTube. And uh, we thought we got to get Damon on because he's got a great new song out that I, that I love which I want to talk to you about. And I just want to hear what you're up to the, through, the, through quarantine for the last five, six months. Well, listen, guys, first let me start by saying thank you. I am honored to be a part of your show. You both know how much respect I have for the two of you. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, man, I always appreciate your, just your enthusiasm and your knowledge. And uh, this is awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, thanks for being here. You got this great new song, Can't Clap Any Louder, uh, up on SoundCloud. I was just listening to it, and it says it's coming off a forthcoming record, right? Yeah, the cool thing about that song is that it's really a song that's only been available to, in essence, my fan club, you know, my mailing list. Uh, I included that 
that link in my email signature and it's been fun, man, just to get people go, Oh, let me click on this and see what it is. But, um, the plan is to release uh, a brand new single in middle of September. And I have gone, chosen again to go the direction of crowdfunding again. Um, I think the last time you and I spoke, Mark, you know, I had done the whole pledge music thing and right. that turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But we were not uh, going to let that stop us or slow us down. So going with another company this time, they've been fantastic. And um, I kind of, basically I started a pre-order back in March, almost right as the pandemic hit, you know, we didn't know that it was, we didn't know it was coming. So I would imagine some of the other bands and artists you've talked to had a similar situation. It's like you had these plans, then the pandemic hit, and then you got to pivot. You got to, you got to come up with plan B pretty quickly. Um, so we kind of took a pause on that pre-order just so we could figure out what we were going to do because, you know, not only could we not go out and tour, and promote the record, but we couldn't even get into the studio here in Nashville. I mean, they had, you know, they had issued safety regulations and, you know, basically you had to shelter in place and be in your house, which we were obviously supportive of from a health standpoint, but it's, uh, it makes things complicated if you're trying to be a, be an artist and, and make a record. So, uh, and did you still have things that needed to be completed on, on the record? Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I learned a lot from the Pledge Music thing that, you know, my fans have just been amazing and they're very understanding of the concept that since I'm totally independent, I put these records out on my own imprint, you know, I don't, I'm not getting an advance from a record company so I can go make the record and then say, hey, will you pre-order? Now you can pre-order. I put up the campaign so I can generate a little revenue and then get busy making the record. Um, let me back up a second and tell you the biggest thrill about all this guys is that, uh, is that my friend Nick Raskulinix is producing this time. Wow. And I know that's a name very familiar to both of you and, and probably any of your fans that are watching this thing tonight. I mean, Nick is a, he's a legend, man. And, and, uh, you know, my family and I moved here to Nashville in 2013, and I could have never predicted, you know, that I would cross paths with him, that we would become such great friends. Right. He did the Echo EP a number of years back, right? Which was awesome. Yeah. Right. And, and Nick, I mean, uh, and I saw that, uh, Damon, that uh, Nick mixed Memoirs of an Uprising as well. That's right, John. You're exactly right. And, you know, the only reason... Nick didn't produce as he was tied up at that moment. He was making uh, that last Alice in Chains record he did. And, uh, but he was super encouraging. He said, look, man, you've played me the demos. The songs are great. He made some suggestions on some arrangements and stuff like that. But for the most part, he just said, hey, man, when I, I think he had to go to the West Coast to do some overdubs with, with those guys. So I got into his studio and I cut the drums with, with my drummer, Jared. And brought the tracks home and, and, and kept doing the work from there this time it's all with nick in his studio his amps his room guys it's insane it's right <laughs> i i can't overstate i sound like 
I, I sound like so many of my classic rock heroes right now, but it's like, it's the best record I've ever made. Yeah, and of course, yeah, Nick, besides Alice in Chains, I mean, it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, Rush, like Foo Fighters, of course, Black Star Riders, right? I mean, the, the list just goes on and on with him. Uh, and the song, Can't Clap Any Louder, that, when those guitars hit you, when I, when I press play on that song, the first thing you hear are those, those guitars. They sound so big. I mean, and I, I was like, what? How come when I mic, my, my amp sounds good in the room, but then when I mic it, I can never get the same sound I'm hearing in the room? How do, how, what is that, Damon? Like, what, what, what are you playing out of the, on this song? I can't wait to tell Nick that you said that. He's going to love that, man. You know, um... The fun thing for me as a guitarist working with Nick is he's got so much great gear and he got so pumped about the demos that I had made at home, you know, just cause I just, you know, I have a little drum program and, and I kind of take the song to fruition so I can present it in a way that, I mean, I'm literally trying to impress him. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, you know, it is the best moment of the whole process for me guys that the day that we're tracking guitars, because he'll go, all right, buddy, what do you want to use? And it's like, there's an old Hi-Watt, there's an old, there's two old Marshalls. He's got this killer Bogner that sounds great. He just got a new Fender. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head, but you know, he's never hesitant to like stop what we're doing, change the amp, you know, move the microphone, use a different cabinet. I mean, he's so passionate about that stuff. So. Uh, Damon, let me just uh, ask you um, about the the actual recording. Do you do you um, have your cabinet in in a like an isolated room, or do you have it in a large room, you know, mic'd, or, or and or and or do you go direct as well? Like, how do you do it? No, John, it's always an amp in a cabinet. Um, the way Nick has made every record I've done with him, the Blackstar Riders. I know he did the same thing with Mastodon because I'm friends with those guys. What you basically do, man, is you work the arrangement out and then he wants to get the drums. Okay. And drums, basically, all it needs is, you know, some, uh, some scratch tracks of like the guitar part, maybe a rough vocal just to know where we are in the song. Right. And then once we get that, then we get all the drums. So once we got that done, then we, Nick likes to put the cabinet, John, in the same big room where the drums are. Cool. I like that. So he's got some baffles like on each side of it. Um, I think to deal with any reflection or whatever. I mean, he's a pretty big nerd about that stuff. You know what I mean? The right, right. I love it. The right microphones. Uh, you know, he's always using two mics on a cabinet. Um, I should do a better job of keeping up with. with well, what that, it, it sounds like a traditional way to record uh, guitar, and I love that. That's the way you're doing it, as opposed to you know, you know, hooking up uh, a pod Amper or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not using plugins and stuff, or you might add it, but you're, you're recording it the way that traditional classic rock recordings have been done, which I love. Thank you, brother. I mean, listen, I love plugins. I love amp simulators. I love all that stuff, man. It's, it's, it's really great and it's fun. And certainly for me, when I'm making demos at home, man, I have a plug-in on my Pro Tools rig. I have my Malcolm Young setting. I have, 
I have my Gary Moore setting. I have my Stevie Ray Vaughan setting. And that's it. I don't need anything else. So, um, you know, it's great for making the demos. But, man, it's just such a thrill to get in that studio with Nick and start layering the guitars like you were talking about, Mark. And uh, Right. And it sound, sounds great on the first song again, which is Can't Clap Any Louder. And this is off the forthcoming album. It's going to be, un, it's going to be self-titled or still untitled, it said on the page? I'm, I'm excited to share with you guys that all of this stuff we're about to drop uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've got a really special live stream that I'm doing with the band. We're going to play... Uh, we're going to play the first single, which is a different song. It's actually the title track. It's a different song. Okay. I'll just tell you guys right now. The, the title of the record is called Battle Lessons. Okay, awesome. And, yeah, the track, is, the track is exclusive to... Uh, You're on Talking Metal. <laughs> talking Metal, that's right. Um, but man, we're going we're gonna to perform that song. And then we're going to perform a little Thin Lizzy tribute to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Wow. And Lizzie, and we're going to have a guest guitarist that I'm not going to reveal. <laughs> okay. Right I can't wait to find out who this is. But when you guys find out, you're going to go, holy shit. No wonder he didn't tell us, man. This is wow. wow. Cool. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I wanted to ask you something, and I want you to t talk a little bit about Jim, your, your writing partner. And I know that he, he is work with you on on the song that we just heard the the newest song and and you once described him as a rock poet well i i think i did say that one time john and and johnny blade his real name is jim but he's i've always known him as johnny blade you know that was his stage name and the name he had in bands and stuff but he's a little bit of a savant to tell you the truth guys he uh I mean, I'm not kidding. I was out for a run today and he called me and he knows I got all this shit going on. You know, he knows that I'm, I'm trying to get this live stream set up. We're, we're getting the single set up on all the streaming sites. And, you know, I'm kind of pulling my hair out. He wants to drop a brand new idea on me. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to send you this and listen to this lyric. And, and, and man, the, the, the B section is great. And I need you to write a bridge. And I'm like, dude, I love you. I'm fucking busy. I Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how, you know, I feel so fortunate to have, you know, to have a collaborator like that in, in my life, man. He's not driven by anything other than trying to write a great song, a great jam. Um, I know for him, it's been super fulfilling uh, now that I'm a full-time solo artist, because, you know, when I'm in writing mode, man, I don't mess around. I just, you know, we, he and I'll get together. I'll have 10 ideas. He'll have 10. We'll kind of mess around with it. And then it's like, boom, I, I bring those ideas home and I finish them immediately. Wow. And he lives for that, man. So wow. I, you know, I, I, I just feel like a little, we're more like Nick Cave. Uh, we're kind of like Nick Cave and his partner, Warren. You know, those guys have been writing songs for the Bad Seeds for all these years. And, and when I see any documentaries, with Nick in it, I, I'll call Jim. I go, dude, that's us. That's you and me right there. You know, that's, is so he I'm, in Alabama still, or is he somewhere else now? Yeah, yeah. Jim lives in Huntsville, Alabama, but we came up in the Birmingham scene 
together. Uh, I think he first, he and I first met in the really early 90s, like right before Brother Kane took shape. And then his band had played with Brother Kane through the years. And then uh, we did a great little side, side project or, or a one-off thing called the Motor Belly um, right around 2000, just for fun. And that was the first time we had written together. And that was when I got a sense of like, okay, man, he's, he's different. Like he, he, he operates on a different plane. And um, it, it's a blessing, man, for me to have him in my-, awesome. my You guys have written such amazing stuff together and in your perfect combination. Thank you, John. I'll, I'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be really flattered to hear that, man. I'll definitely put that on. So, Damon, uh, just so people know, the best place that people can pre-order the album is, is where? They go to your website? Well, the website certainly has the info, Mark. I'm using a platform called Indiegogo. Definitely just go to my website. because right. the, the that takes you there. Yeah, the first thing that pops up on the page is the information about the pre-order crowdfunding campaign. And there's all different types of things you can get, different packages and stuff, and and uh, can even yeah. get a signed guitar. I was uh, yeah, uh, well, at the phone. I got I got one right here. Check it out. Check it out, man. I uh, I went to my friends at Epiphone and I wrote a big check, and I got I got a bunch of these, man. Wow, those are that's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's, great. it's great, man. Um, and. Uh, we've got these on the site. You can you can get one of those guitars that I'm thrilled to sign and personalize. Uh, you can pre-order everything: the vinyl, CD, the digital download. Got a new shirt that's coming, um, and then there's some cool kind of archival stuff. We have this thing called the Mystery Bundle, and uh, anybody that gets that, there's all kinds of stuff, man. I've got like old promo shots from Brother Kane back in the early '90s that are super rare and kind of cool and I've got some Alice Cooper uh me and the guys in the band used to have these cards that we would give to fans that would come to the bus we never had anything to sign you know I we always felt creepy signing a copy you know some dude's original copy of billion dollar babies <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna sign that dude I'm not cool enough to sign that um, so some of that stuff, some some uh, there's some thin Lizzy stickers. I got some laminates. You know, it's like a cool thing. Nice. And, uh, let's see. There's there's just several things. I, I just I appreciate you asking about it, Mark. Right. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, I want to encourage people to just go to my website and then you can click on the link to the pre-order and just check out all the cool stuff that's there. And hey, man, even if you pre-order the download, I I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll have Damon's website, guys, linked through the show notes uh, on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net, so definitely check that out. And, you know, you mentioned Thin Lizzy, and I just wanted to, to back up a little bit. So on the new record, the forthcoming record, there will be some sort of tribute to Thin Lizzy with a, with a special guest, correct? Well, not on the record itself. Okay. On the live, oh, okay. right? The thin, right, on the live stream. Okay, gotcha. Then Lizzie thing is simply a one-off. It's going to be a one-of-a-kind, unique moment. Um, you know, man, I you guys know about my love of Thin Lizzie even before I joined the band. And, um, you know, doing these live streams, you're always looking for new things to do, like to, to make it fun for us and fun for the fans. And um, this special guest that I'm going to have uh, recently moved to Nashville and we were talking because our wives are great friends and 
he's like, hey, man, if you ever want me to jam wow. on the live stream. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> wow. So it was really kind of started with that. And then, you know, I talked to the guys in my band and they were thrilled. They're like, oh, that'll kill. So, uh, yeah, the Thin Lizzy thing is simply a one-off. Uh, I think we're going to announce that stream is going to be the 17th of September is the date. Okay. Nice. But, uh, and and I, I caught your stream a week or so ago. The It was just the trio up there rocking it out and playing all the songs that I wanted to hear. And where? how often are you doing these live streams? Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for checking it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're Thank doing, you. We're doing those about once a month. You know, we don't want to, you know, I'm I'm grateful for my fan base. It's not a big fan base, but it's uh, it's a very passionate one. And, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to overdo it with that stuff. And we, and we have found that kind of spacing them out 30, 30 days is, is, is usually kind of cool. Yeah. So um, when the pandemic first hit, I just started doing some acoustic stuff on like my YouTube account or Facebook or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as it grew and we began to realize, hey man, this may be the way forward for a little while. Let's, let's try to make these live streams special. I was grateful that we found a place that I could bring the band in. We could be socially distant, you know, everybody's healthy and, you know, it's just, it's working. And I'm so grateful guys, because that's, that's awesome. Damn, if I couldn't get with those guys and play a little bit, I, I would, I'd probably start losing my mind. Like, right. <laughs> hey, David, I, I can't uh, not comment on your amazing Les Paul that I, that you told me about, Right behind you, the green Les Paul with the one of a kind finish. You I, you played it right, John? Yeah, yeah I, I did. I love that guitar. Yeah, thank you, brother. This is kind of the, this is kind of where she resides. It's always this is this is a little cubicle kind of where I where I work. I've just got a small desk and you know some a place over here where I got some pedals and shit that I try. But this is the one guitar that kind of lives in here. And uh, yeah, man, I just can't. I can't get over how good this thing. I mean, it even look, it even looks great in this ring light. You know what I mean? It looks cool. Wow! I um, thought you set that up like a set in here. That's where it always lives. That's that's great. It lives here, man. I. It's funny because my wife is like, my wife goes, "Well, hey, don't you need to set up some gear and some guitars?" I'm like, "Nah, these guys don't care." They. <laughs> Believe me, as long as you got that one, I'm I'm happy because that that's all, that's all we need, right, John? We only need that one less ball. Like that's all you need. Like so that, I, I appreciate I appreciate you guys time. asking about it, man. That it's been a great little conversation starter, you know, for for the touring I've been doing in recent years, and uh, it's fun for me because a lot of times, like my guitar player friends and other bands, when they first see it, they kind of have this look of like, wow, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about a green Les Paul. Um, and then I'll hand it to them and all they have to do is just hold it like a baseball bat. They hold it and they go, holy shit, I can tell, man, this this is special. So, Magic hits them once you touch it. <laughs> hey, Damon, I have somebody that I want to say hello to you and uh, she's right here. Lynn, come here. Damon, you remember Lynn uh, from the Iridium who did merch for you? Yes, of course. <laughs> you said it. So nice it. to see you. Yeah. Lynn. When, when things pick back up again, come by and uh, Lynn will do your merch anytime you need. Anytime. 
Lynn, I got to tell you this. I'm not making this up. I came home from that run. And the first thing when my wife and kids said, well, how was New York? I said, oh, my God, my friend Lynn, she kicked ass on the merch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to hear everything new that's coming out. Well, listen, thank you for you that. Live again, I can't wait. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, we got three songs done, mastered, finished. I just finished recording three more. Nick is mixing those this weekend. I'm going to get those mastered. And he has promised me I can have four or five days, uh, the first week of October, to do the final three songs. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a process. It's not ideal, but we're making it work. And uh, so, I, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And who's it. on the record with you, Damon? Is it is it uh, you handling all the guitars and the, the same guys that I saw on the stream the other night? Yeah. Basically, man, the, the band is a, is a trio pretty much full time. Um, you know, I just feel like we're able to operate a little easier as a trio. For me, it's a lot of fun to keep the focus on the vocals and the melodies. Um, I think, you know, m more than just the bombast, because I can, you know, I can make the records as thick and as fat as I want on my own. And I've just been really thinking a lot, man, about the bands that I grew up on loving so much. You know, if it was, if it was Van Halen, if it was Easy Top, if it was Rush, if it was Hendrix, it was one guitar in that band. Right. It was Queen, it was one guitar. And besides that, you know, my, my brother, Tony Higby, that played guitar uh, right. yep. last record, I told Tony, I said, look, dude, the second guitar spot in my band is yours. If you can't, if you can't be here, I'm not getting a sub. You know, we'll do a three-piece. So yeah. when, when Tony got busy with Tom Kiefer, I had, you know, we, we had to do a lot of shows as a trio. And I think I came out of that and went right into songwriting and, and I, I feel like that sort of informed the writing yeah. of the new material. A little Makes bit. total sense. Thank and, you. you know, we've mentioned Thin Lizzy a, a, a few times here tonight. The, obviously no one's playing shows right now, um, but the status of Thin Lizzy, if they were ever to go out and play shows again, you're still a part of that. Yes. Okay, cool. I, yes, I am. I want to be, I'm proud to be. And, you know, the fun thing about Thin Lizzy is that, you know, Scott wants to continue to do it, but he doesn't want to do it on some crazy level. He doesn't want to go out there and do 75, 80 plus dates. Um, you know, Scott has earned every right to make that decision and to tour at a pace that he wants to. And uh, so it kind of works perfectly with me then. It allows me to make my solo thing my priority, Mark, like we talked about a couple years ago. Um, and I like it like that. It's perfect. And, yeah, you know, I love those songs as much right now as I did when I was a kid and first discovered it and, you know, all the influence that that band has had on my songwriting i it is not lessened or, or weakened for me you know i love that stuff and i'm honored to be a part of it but i i can assure you man once things get back to some level of normal um you know there'll definitely be some more thin lizzie dates that makes me think i have a question actually for the two of you because i know you've been talking to some guys some other bands i mean what are you hearing what are these other bands saying? Oh. 
So here's John, you know, John works with Ace. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's tapped into the mark. I can give you my personal opinion, but John might have more of a professional opinion. So here's what's happening, Damon. We, we just keep moving our dates constantly. So we, we had dates in the spring. We moved them to the summer. Then we had dates in the summer. We moved them to the fall. We, we, and, and some, some of the venues just said, we're going to make it next year around the same time. So some just said, push it a whole year away. And some uh, said, let's, let's try for the fall. So we, we have dates, Ace Frehley shows with my band, Like It Opening um, in October, uh, but we're not sure. We, we don't know, um, Ace himself, me or our agent doesn't know if they're going to happen or not. So right. we, we find out a week, maybe a week before these dates or a week or two. Hopefully we can find out soon enough that we can let the fans know that it's going to be postponed. But it's really difficult because we're, we're not withholding any information. We just don't have it. So we all thought that we'd be touring by now, but, but we're just not. And, and what's happening is they, they just keep getting moved when, when, it, a month ago, we had dates booked uh, in Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland uh, for the beginning of August, and some of the venues were really going to try to make it happen, but but then they just got postponed. And what's happening now is it's sort of uh, a new thing is happening. Bands that are playing live, I feel that there's sort of, uh, you know, uh, you got to be nervous that somebody is going to say that you might be not you know, you might be endangering your fans. So that's like the newest thing that's happening. A month ago, we, we were thinking that if the venue allows it, you know, then it's going to be safe to play. But, but there's this new stigma that if you play and, and people are not socially distant and the, the band might be, you know, endangering their fans. I was going to ask you, what's it like down on Broadway in, in Nashville? Are, are local bands playing or, or not? Well... I mean, that, that's a lot you just covered right there, John. Yeah, I'm um, sorry for all that information. No, 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 it's fine, man. I, I just believe that anybody watching this podcast, they want to know about this stuff just as much as you and I do, because it's, right. it's, the, it's at the forefront of everyone's mind. I'm not 100% sure about Broadway. I know they've had some things open, but I do know that they made a really poor decision to kind of just reopen it back in the middle of the summer or early part of the summer. And I, you know, I just feel like it played a part, man, in, in causing the cases to, to increase right. and people getting the virus. And, you know, this entire thing is such an incredible moment in our history because we've just never had to deal with anything like this. And it's, it's interesting. It's almost like we're so, it, it's like we're so challenged with just our level of comfort. It's like, we don't like being uncomfortable. We want to be able to do what we want. We want to be able to go where we want to go and see who we want to see and live the life that we've, we've lived for decades. And, you know, it just kind of gets down to this issue of like, well, the pandemic is clearly for real and it's affecting people's lives. So it's a challenge, I think, for all of us to not just think about ourselves, but to think about other people. And to your point, John, I understand what you're saying. It's like, I wouldn't feel comfortable right now going out and playing shows with my band. I literally turned down an offer today to play a show for Labor Day 
And these were guys that I know, a promoter I know. They're going to do a lot of things to make it as safe as they can. But, man, they're talking about anywhere between 715 and 1,000 people. And it just flies in the face of everything that the CDC has said. And I don't want to subject someone to getting sick. I have fans that have COVID-19. I've communicated with them. And they're struggling with it. I have old friends from high school. I have family members that have had it. I mean, it's, it's such an incredible thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm okay with finding a way to wait it out. I just don't know how long some of the other bands are going to be able to wait it out. Right. Um, I don't know if our industry as an infrastructure is going to, you know, is going to be able to survive it. I know some of these venues are not, there's already venues that are closing. Right. Their doors. Yeah. That's heartbreaking, man. For me, especially because those are the places I play. I don't, you know, Guns N' Roses and, and Pink and Taylor Swift, they're all going to be fine because they can go to the football stadium and still play. But, you know, I, I, I need to play the exit in here in Nashville. And uh, I'm having a brain lapse, guys. What's the venue I played in New York? That and the Iridium. Iridium, for God's sake. Right. This is legendary, man. <laughs> How are they going to keep a venue like that open? I know. I, I, you know, it's sad news. I heard that the, and I don't know if the, the Iridium is, is, is looped in with this, but the Starlight Diner, which is, it's the same ownership. It's just above the Iridium. Yeah, it's the same family that owned both the restaurant and the club. Yeah. Right. Um, newspaper was reporting that they might be closing because they owed, you know, six hundred thousand dollars in in rent, and that's terrible. If if the Iridium, a place that Les Paul made legendary and played every Monday night, might close because the places can't sustain. Uh, you know, their business because they're just closed. New York is shut down still, you know? Well, I just, you know, I just feel like as challenged as these times are, that that situation right there is going to make things even doubly challenging once we are able to get back to some level of normalcy in the country as a whole. Because while everybody else goes back to work and school and football and baseball, where are the bands going to go? the venues are going to all be closed up. Right. Right. And, you know, the big tours that go out, they're going to be, you know, there's going to be limited number of support slots available and whoever manages those big bands, they're going to want to get their smaller bands on those slots. Right. The same, they're going to get their people on the big tours. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not meaning to sound negative. I'm just trying to commit to being realistic. Yeah. You know, this is just the reality of, of what it's going to be. And, you know, I asked you guys in the first place what you're hearing because, you know, I'm just not hearing any good news here. Right. Well, I, I, I do think that the one thing that is is for sure is that as, you know, my wife and I, we go to tons of shows, whether it's to a smaller club or to see Guns N' Roses in the stadium, like you said, we're at, we're you know, in the summer, especially we're at a show almost every week. That's, we don't go to the movies. We don't go out to dinner. We get a babysitter and go to a show. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel that, you know, whether it's people in a disco, you know, rave or people in a concert at, at giant stadium or in a club like the Iridium that as a species, 
we have in our DNA this need to experience loud music. And, you know, for me, it's, it's rock, you know, for others, it's, it's rap for others. It's, it's, you know, uh, you, you, disco or, or whatever. But, but I, I feel like we have that. So in my opinion, once, once there is a vaccine uh, and people feel safe, I like to believe that's going to be sooner than later. Um, but that could be optimistic. Other people don't believe that, that maybe it won't be the same clubs, but there's going to be a business model that is going to be able to um, cash in on this and bring us all back to what we love, which is going to see guys like you play your great songs live, you know? And, and I, I, so I, I, I believe that, that, that this is a temporary place we are in history and when I hear people say, oh, it'll never come back, I, I don't believe that. I believe, it, I believe it will come back, and I believe it'll come back strong. And to your point, it might mean that we got to open new clubs to do that, you know, but, but I, I believe that it's definitely coming back. You know, that's... I feel the same things you just said, Mark. I agree with everything you just said. And it's like any other thing in not just our country's history, but in world history. I mean, change is inevitable. Change, right. change is a constant. And things will probably never be the same. There'll be some things that are different. Um, and, you know, it's like someone said to me very early in the pandemic, they said, everybody's got to learn how to pivot. I said that word earlier. You got to pivot. You had, you had one plan. You thought this is how things were going to be. Okay, that's all out the window. So you can either get depressed, you can stop, you know, or you can pivot and go, all right, we got we to gotta come up with another way. And that's what's exciting, man, when you see these artists doing live streams, creating new content, putting out, uh, putting up new material. Um, I got to look into this band camp. I know a lot of artists are putting up like live shows and B-sides. Guys, I just did this incredibly exhaustive project. It's my official pandemic project. I went through about three giant boxes of cassette tapes. Wow. And I, I had to borrow a cassette deck from Nick to take it. <laughs> wow. I didn't even have a cassette deck. But man, I have demos from every song I've ever written in my entire life. I have some live Brother Kane stuff that is absolutely incredible that no one's ever heard you know and i'd love to hear that stuff please. yeah man I, I i just i would love to get it out there john and so apparently Bandcamp is the place to do that i need to look into that because you can you know you can basically put them up for like a dollar a track and people can just download it wow so um you know i've got i've got b-sides you know that didn't make those albums um i found um I found some live stuff of Black Star Riders, you know, like a board tape that just turned out killer. I know those guys, we'd love to get that out maybe. I mean, so, you know, again, you just got to start thinking differently than you have thought, you know, six months ago, because everything is certainly different now. Right One of the things that I think both to both of you guys that is cool, and, and it's sort of, if you can see, a, you know, I don't know how to say this uh, properly, but one of the neat things is is the that came out of this pandemic is that we as fans are getting to see 
And here, cool stuff like what you're talking about. Because let's say the pandemic wouldn't have ever happened. You probably wouldn't have went through uh, your old cassettes, and I might never heard this cool B-side from Brother Kane or a board mix that just turned out great. And, and I think it's a treat for us, the fans, to hear that stuff and also to see what it's like. Like, I'm looking into your home, Damon, and, and I'm looking into Mark's home, and you guys are looking into mine. And I think that's something that we would have never seen had, this, had it not been for this pandemic. You know, how cool is that? Like, You're totally right, brother. And I, I said that to my kids, you know, because they're like, Dad, what the hell are all these tapes, you know? And, <laughs> and I just think it's a fact, John, had it not been for the pandemic, there's the very real possibility that those tapes would have sat in a box for the next 30 years, man. Yep. Until my time here is done, the kids wouldn't have given a shit what was on there. Right. They would have literally just thrown it in the track. Yeah, that's. I, I think of that with my kids, like the stuff I, I have like hoarded away. I'm like, one day I'm going to just die and this stuff's just going to go in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to say it. But that's, that's, that's called a fact. That yeah. is not... That is not maybe what would happen. That is absolutely right. what would happen. So, so Damon, you know, you have such an incredible history. And I know we, we've covered it in, in the past, but I always have to, before we let you go, just uh, take you back a little bit. Brother Kane uh, was such a big fan of that band. I know Lynn, who was on earlier, was too. Um, that, that was such an interesting band because, I, you know, here in the New York area, you guys really broke through K-Rock Radio, played numerous songs. Off, I think that's where I actually discovered Brother Kane. I don't think it was MTV. I think it was actually K-Rock. What, what from that era of your life, what are some of the, the fondest Brother Kane uh, memories you have or maybe a highlight of, of that band in that time? That's a great question, Mark. And ironically, I've, I've talked to all the guys during the pandemic, um, all, all five of them, because we had an original bass player, Glenn Maxey, who was on the first tour and the first record. And I just think for me, my favorite moments, man, are when we got the news that a song had gone to number one. You know, it's just, it's like, you can't, you can't define what that feels like to get that phone call, you know? And then the other is when, you know, management would call, we'd be on the road and they'd say, hey, man, get the guys together. I got big news. And, you know, I'd literally be at a payphone and I'd go, okay, what do I tell him? He goes, we just got the Van Halen tour. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, we were just kids and that was a blessing and a curse, I think, because we, we never lost that childlike enthusiasm. We were in awe of everything. We were in awe of getting to play with Robert Plant or getting to tour with Aerosmith. And I think if we'd have been a little more sure of ourselves, I don't mean be cocky or overconfident, but just be like, hey man, we've, we've earned this. We wrote these songs, we made these records, we're a good band. You know, we deserve to be here with these heroes of ours and, and getting that respect because we've earned that respect. So. Um, I just, it, it was almost, it just always felt like, you know, they were my college buddies and, and we had this dream and then we went out and made it happen, man. All our dreams came true. We, ne we never set the bar like any higher than, hey, what if we can make a great record and go on tour with Aerosmith? Well, it happens. That's awesome. Amazing, amazing story. And of course you had your time with, with Alice Cooper too. A, a similar question with that. 
span of your career, what are some of your fondest memories of, of being in Alice's band? Well, you know, the greatest times for me, I mean, the shows were amazing. I was not, I was, I was a little overwhelmed by that too, guys, to tell you the truth. It, it happened kind of fast. And, um, you know, I, I think I'd taken a little bit for granted, like just what an icon Alice was because the shows were big right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, and, you know, I learned so much from him about being a performer. I don't think I'd be a solo artist right now, honestly, guys, had it not been for my time with Coop. Because he wow. used to tell me, he'd say, Damon, you play great, you sing great, you write great songs, you know. He's kind of like, what are you doing here with, with me? <laughs> you, should, you should do your own thing. So, uh, but guys, I had so much fun with Coop when we would play golf together. We played literally hundreds of rounds of golf because, as you know, that's his – you know, that's how, that's how he stays clean and sober, man. He, he traded in one addiction for another one. And uh, the, the other one's a little healthier than the first one. And uh, so many great times together, so many great stories and jokes and, you know, and, and, and like kind of life lessons, man. Anytime I was struggling with something, I could talk to him about it. And he's uh, just an incredible role model. Um, again, it was a turbocharge of confidence for me to get that experience with him. Cause it's like, Hey man, if I can do this, then wow, maybe I can do anything. Right on. Awesome. Right on. Awesome. Cool. cool. All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you checking in with us tonight. We're going to encourage everyone to go to the website and uh, check out the new song. Can they hear it? You said it, it's not, it's not on Apple music or anything yet. So the, the new song is kind of hidden. You said, well, basically, the the track that you heard, right. it was in my email signature. Yeah, that's where I, that's how I heard it, yeah. That song has been sent out to all of the fans that have pre-ordered the album. Oh, okay. Through that campaign. So they're kind of getting priority on all that stuff. The first track, the first single, the proper first single, the album title track is coming out in the middle of September. That will be on Spotify. But again, I... I'm grateful to everybody that pre-orders the record because there's a lot of exclusive stuff. They they will hear that debut single before anybody else. They're going to hear the rest of the record before anybody else. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of riding shotgun with me, man, and and uh, almost getting to experience the, the new mixes as I do. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a shared experience for sure. And, Damon, I, I, we want to stress to all of our viewers and listeners that if you go to your site, there's a lot of other cool things you can get too, like that signed Epiphone guitar and you have more like that and everything from the signed Epiphone guitar to cool um, promo signed photos of Brother Kane and all kind of neat stuff in your archives that you could possibly get through different packages that you can buy with this record. That's right, John. We can play a round of golf together. Wow. I I, the acoustic house, uh, you know, concerts sound really cool. Yeah, we've had those. I, I live in kind of a, a, a kind of a hip town, and we've had some of those people come through and do those. Uh, you'd be great here. We should have you do one here at my house. Bro, would, hey, bro, I would love to. I would love to. I have such an affinity for for New York and the East Coast in general, man. That whole area has been so supportive of me my whole career, and it, it would be a thrill to do that. But again, man, thank you guys for talking about you know, the pre-order campaign. Thanks for having me on. Listen, promise me when the record drops later in the year, I'd love to come back on, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about yeah, it. Whenever you want to come back, you're always welcome. 
And that'd be great. We'll, we'll get the pre-orders going now, and then when it's out, we'll get another round going, and you come back on for sure. I would love it, guys. Listen, say hello to your lovely wives. Um, I'm going to tell my wife how impressed you were with my ring light, how great it looked. <laughs> okay. right we have another person who wants to say hello to you, Lynn and, and Beth. Lynn's friend Beth from the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Lynn, come too. Come, come on. We got two people that want to say hello. Thank you so much. Wow, this is so great. This is like the greatest uh, video podcast ever. I love it. It's great to see all of you guys. Yeah, these guys love you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I miss miss getting to be in the same room with you guys. Listen, we're going to all get to congregate again one day soon. It's going to be right on, Damon. Can't wait. All right. Thank you, Damon. You have a great night. Hey, we got to give one. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a with a toast. Yes, the talking metal toast. Talking metal toast to the great, to the now late great Pete Way. Pete Way, yeah. Oh my God, we love you, Pete. We miss you, brother. Yeah, I I was reminiscing. I saw him with with his his band. Everyone thinks UFO, which of course they should, but Wasted uh, was yeah. a had some really good good tunes. Uh, I was a big fan of the the Vices record by Wasted and saw them open for Maiden actually wow. back on, on, on uh, rock star, man. The 88, cool yeah. rock star Pete way. Absolutely. He all right. We got about it. He showed us all how it is supposed to be done, man. Right on. Right on. All right. Good. Stay safe. Thank you. I'll see you. Uh, let's talk again in a few months. All right. Yeah. Touch base anytime. Cool. Thank you. Keep in touch. All right. Bye. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Damon Johnson, who has played with so many great bands from Black Star Riders to Brother Kane, Alice Cooper, did some more. Tell things are different, different She's got a way that I can't explain Something's got me all shivering, shivering I'm hearing voices, my direction's changed And no, it's unsettling How did I drift away?
shivering. I'm seeing double and I'm bending shapes. I'm having visions all trembling, trembling. I'm nodding off and I'm switching lanes. Space between the lines. Spitting thoughts, my mind. I'm just saying things, doing things that I know ain't right. When we intertwine, empty keeps us. All right, a little Damon Johnson, Shivering, Shivering from 2019. Great tune, love that tune. Uh, New music on the way from Damon Johnson. Let's support him on Indigo Go. And let's call it a night and wrap it up with some uh, Alice Cooper here on Talking Metal. We started it with Alice, we'll end it with Alice. This time, this is a song called Perfect, and this song is written by Damon Johnson, Alice Cooper, and Ryan Roxy. So let's check it out. A little Damon Johnson and Alice Cooper here on Talking Metal to take us out. The song is perfect. Uh, Steven Saylor, I will be hopefully back with your requests on the next episode. If you're listening this late in the episode, I do hope to get some of those requests going. All right, thanks to the patrons. All right, later.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.